Peyton and X want to go bowling, so Mel threw him bowling balls. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the guy who makes his father proud, Kevin Gregg. <laughs> And the guy who decided to stay for the whole episode, Alex Plum. I'm here. I'm here. I made it this time. Bop, 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 bop. Celebrate me. Uh, There's going to be something that happens and Plum's going to just disappear. Just be gone. (laughs) I mean, you have control of my audio. You could do it anytime. Uh, How was everyone's Thanksgiving? Because we all never talk to each other. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, we didn't hear from you at all on Thanksgiving, it turns out. I was a little bit afraid for you. Yeah, we did a wellness check. We sent someone out. Uh, I sent my father, who, who was in the middle of telling me that he was proud of me. Uh, and uh, I was like, all right, that's enough, Dad. It was a joke. Thanks. Go check out Mike Jones, please. And we never heard back from him either. So now yeah. we, got, we got a couple wellness yes, what's checks. what's in my chest freezer right now. Oh, <laughs> Mickey. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Uh, (laughs) so don't have to worry about disappointing him anymore that's right that's right (laughs) ended on a high note for you well done uh well uh i don't know about you guys uh stressful week of spartan sports lots to get into uh but before we do thank you everyone for listening uh please if you could share the pod with spartans in your life also please kindly uh if you're thankful for us give us a whole rate review and subscribe uh those ratings and the reviews help other spartans find the pod uh you can of course follow us on twitter and instagram at spartan underscore pod and if you want to participate in the, school, uh, the show but you don't have those things you can email us at can't read can't write 1855 at gmail.com <sighs> did you well, seriously replace the twitter stuff with the with gmail no, I just okay. I just said that's Spartan underscore pod. I was looking forward. I was also thinking about what you said about this being a stressful week. I would say basketball has been a little stressful at times, but mm-hmm. football felt like how I've had like carbon monoxide poisoning explained to me. It was just Hypoxia. sort of like, you got it. Yeah. Just yeah. going gently into that cold night. Um, <laughs> I just. It, but and, and but like and willfully like yeah. yeah no this this is right this is the right thing to do now they gave it a shot in the fourth quarter they made yeah. Penn State sweat under the collar a little bit but in the That's end it. I just slipped into nothing and went about the rest of my day it was more like uh, a bad autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> it just like they tried to make it a little bit fun and then it just got went to a real dark place. It often um, does. <laughs> say more. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, Plum, what are we going to do for this show? Gentlemen, we have a show planned, and uh, I would know because I'm going to be here for it. We are, <laughs> like every week, going to start off behind the green wall where football always leads. We have quite the JFC to go over with Penn State. Uh, biggest issue there, gentlemen, is we lost the land-grant trophy, which is – Everyone, all the trophies. Well, we don't have a single one, but I just want to say it it is the greatest trophy and having lost it is uh, will will do irreparable damage probably to the team psyche. We will then talk about basketball. The Spartans have been at the Phil Knight 85 invitational tournament. I don't know what other words I can add into that. We played Bama. We played the Ducks. We played Portland. Eh. The pilots. 
Yeah, who cares? Uh, we'll head off Grand River after we give an ad. We'll preview the Notre Dame and Northwestern games because we don't ever have any more football to preview. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll take your Twitter questions, which is we know why you're listening today. Uh, Twitter questions were excellent, uh, by the way. Like everyone was, uh, there was everyone was sort of in the same thesis, but ah. like asking different, you know, instead of getting a whole bunch of repeats, they were we're they were, all asphyxiating together, but in our own different, separate ways. We, yes, we, we're all into our own things, uh, if you will. Uh, and uh, I'm into so, uh, on the subject of the land grant trophy. I'm into watching the Penn State equipment manager struggle to pick that thing up, and then just. <laughs> desperately glance around for football players to come take it from him. Who was to hold this? Because he's on TV and he's like, I cannot drop this on TV. (laughs) So good. The thing is, could, and it wouldn't matter. That thing is uh, indestructible. Um, It would fall through the planet as I understand it. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Uh, All right. Let's. Uh, let's let's head behind that green wall. Let's talk that football. Um, and I, I think uh, Plum, uh, Greg and I had a, a bit of a, uh, a production meeting without you. Um, that sounds right. And <laughs> decided we're gonna we're gonna stew on the season for maybe a week or two before we do a full post mortem. That's um, only fair. And, but so uh, I think I think some feelings may come up in this segment, but we're gonna we're gonna sit on them for a little while. We're gonna repress them, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. As healthy healthy people do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So West, after all, mm. yeah. So uh, we uh, we we go to um, to uh, Happy Valley, uh, and we lose to uh, number eleven Penn State, um, thirty five to sixteen. Um, in a game that, uh, for a moment, was intriguing and then was not. Um, well, it was not. Uh, then yes, it was, it was. And then it was not. It was not. Yes, uh, that is right. Um, Penn State scored in every quarter, 14 in the fourth, to uh, to really seal things off. Mm-hmm. Michigan State gets into the end zone uh, uh, twice. Two times, but uh, mm-hmm. of course, uh, oh, missed on the uh, the two point conversion. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, let's. But hits a fifty two yard field goal because, of course, see, of Look, course, aren't we perfect? Uh, yeah. So, I I don't know that we can start anywhere in this game without starting at Peyton Thorne, um, who. I just, I think I said this last week. the The problem is this team is not good enough for them to not have a quarterback who will win you games. Mm. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm I'm really struggling with, you know, the counterpoint being that the offensive line is is so not good that it's impossible for any quarterback to to be successful. Mm. I, I don't know where where you guys are on on this because it certainly is true that uh, MSU got ravaged every time Penn State dialed up a blitz. Yeah, yeah. But um, are, does another quarterback solve that? Not solve that? Like you know, I I I'm coming to the conclusion that it's not. I just don't think it's possible for the the offensive line to be so bad that they're like not even competitive at the MAC. 
that was the thing. That was the big caveat because I, I felt bad. Peyton Thorne was really getting it on Twitter. Peyton Thorne was really getting it in our group chat. I felt bad though, because like he was hardly the only one, the number of times that Eli Collins or, or Berger got hit as they were handed the ball because of yep. the offensive line, just not being able to keep Penn state out of the back, especially on those blitz packages. I just, it was difficult for me. Um, I, I don't want to move on to giving him accolades so quickly, uh, but like Peyton Thorne took some hits in this game. And yeah, that's on top of three sacks coming back. Uh, and I, you know, and he still in the second half, you know, had that gamer streak to him, brought brought things back a little bit. Um, but it's just like he's not a guy. He might sell you a mean burger over at the uh the hop cat but he's not a guy that's it's a pretty mid burger you know it's like what everyone would expect it's got your beef patty it's got your they're not a sponsor we don't need to we don't need we don't need to (laughs) what i'm saying is it it, like anyone else can go in and, and put their same name on that burger like it there's nothing about it that truly makes it a peyton thorn burger and that's sort of like his play is as the quarterback, there's nothing about it that truly makes him a, you know, a, a quarterback that we're going to remember in the next. That's right. Years. Unfortunately. And I, and I think down the stretch, it, you know, in some ways, if there was any staying in that game, if there was any being competitive, if there was a miracle to be had. He lost that for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He made some dumb decisions at the end. Uh, the pick was. Like. I mean, I, I don't know. There was a, a level of trying for hero ball when it was not necessary. Well, when it self evidently wasn't going to work out. I, I think that's, it's like the, the failure and slash inability to take for granted what was clear to everyone else, which was the season is done. <laughs> you suck. You haven't been consistent. This is not the Peyton Thorne we had of 2021. The Peyton Thorne of 2022 simply has regressed. And there are a number of factors for it, for sure. It's not all on his shoulders, as you said. But the unwillingness to adjust to that reality is, for me, the single greatest failure. And and that's that's on the quarterback. That's the leader that we needed that we didn't have this year. There is some hero ball going on in a number of different places, though. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Reed has three uh, fumbles in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he was just sort of like, I'm going to do this whole thing on my own in each one of those plays. So I don't know. It was just the reason I brought up Thorn and his being a gamer is I kind of thought we should give this team credit though. The opposite of what Plum just said is like they just did not go into that dark night. They fought mm. back. They had a chance. But, you know, maybe Alex was right the whole time. Maybe maybe you let that light go out and you just. I, I don't mean that you quit. I just mean that there's if, if, if you recognize the limitations and I think that's my big complaint. So maybe I'm going too far. Maybe I have to stop. Maybe this is the retrospective you want to do in a couple of weeks. I'm going to stop. Oh. That's it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you know, the, for as much chopping slander as I think we had before recording (laughs) to, to, to Greg's point, I, you know, and we, we actually saw this game in game out and it was not different here. 
that the team did take each play on its face and, and, and maybe they didn't execute well, but like gave the effort. Um, and, and at times it was maddening and dumb decisions in this game that cost you, uh, in a big way. Um, I mean, give credit, I guess, to Penn state too, though, you know, uh, they, they had dudes on that field, um, Mm -hmm. all over the place. Uh, they clearly saw an opportunity to attack, uh, MSU's offensive line via, uh, blitz. Uh, the running backs were at times God awful at picking up blitz, uh, blitzers. And I mean, so, you know, hats off there. The, if we switch sides of the ball though, defensively. Oh, I guess we should also say Keon Coleman. Dude. <laughs> Great. When he when he wants to, when he wants to be a dude, he's a dude. Um, yeah. When he wants to throw his helmet on the sideline, we'll talk about that in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. With Bond. Uh talking about Penn State attacking uh, in you know deficiencies on MSU's team. Sean Clifford, nineteen for twenty four. Uh, MSU's secondary. Well, for some reason, even though we're not hitting apparently anymore, without. Ronald Williams or Brantley uh, was or someone else too. There was a third awful, truly awful in the secondary. Hmm. Um, I really don't know why uh, <laughs> Penn state, uh, you know, attempted 45 rushes um, because I would have just thrown it on every single down with your four year starting quarterback. That's just racking up yards. His long longest was only thirty five, though I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, that's the I I knew that we hadn't been hitting. I assumed that was a little bit limited to the uh, the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did not realize it was as bad as uh, as apparently it was. Um, which I do think you can you can pinpoint the timeline for when they stopped hitting to when we became a lot less effective at stopping the run <laughs> at, at doing hitting. Ourselves yeah. At, at tackling. Games. Yeah. That, that was, that was when it went uh, downhill. So I don't know. Uh, do we just want to say anything about, it's not even worth really saying how bad this, the uh, special teams was, but I still want to just name oh, it. Oh no, I do. There are uh, a, a great number of questions about Ross Ells. So, I mean, maybe we can, maybe we save it for the Twitter questions then, because I think that's probably the better place to dive into some of the pure prognostication. Um, but my God, if, if performance is any indication, Jesus Christ, he should have to give money back. I, well, I mean, I will say we did see, we saw Jaden Reed make a, uh, an impressive tackle (laughs) as a, as a gunner on a punt to which, I have some questions about yeah. what favors you thought you were doing for a potential pro on yep. your program putting him there. by putting him like, yep. I mean, I get that Jaden Reed's money to be made at the next level is by being a punt returner. Like he, you know, he, he will be potentially a receiver there, but he's going to make his money as a punt returner. But to have him yep. like, and, and so Ross, that is on you. Mel though. And because I do think Mel, that's what's so confusing about it is I think Mel knows 
he needs like guys like Jaden Reed to be successful at the next level to keep selling something here. Sure. So I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe don't take Jaden's autonomy away from him either. I mean, there could have been some of that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. In fairness to everyone that we're talking about, I did see Speedy Nailer himself make a tackle in the NFL last weekend on a, on a punt return, kick return type situation. So there's a role for wide receivers to play. I mean, Tucker has talked about that. Like if you, if you are a marginal borderline guy, the way you stick on a roster is you can play special teams. So like if you, you know, if you don't have the measurables or something, or you want to, you know, you just want to make a buck in the league. Like you got to be able to do that stuff. Maybe it's strategy then. Maybe, you know, we've, we've this really put tape out there. Well, no, I mean, generally for the program, we've, we've criticized, uh, Tucker's in-game strategy, but we've always, I think we've always said he's got really good out-of-game strategy and he's got process and all this stuff. If you have Ross Ells in front in charge of the special teams and it's truly awful, it gives players a chance to stand out. That's (laughs) great. So, you know, you know, we have, you know, Bryce Berenger, of course, booming punts, got a chance to stand out. Reed has a chance to go make a tackle chance to stand out. If your special teams is truly awful, (laughs) then mediocre to good players have a chance to look all that much better. And maybe that's part of the recruiting pitch. Maybe that is, uh, that is that Ross Ells is not the primary recruiter of anyone, but is the primary recruiter of everyone. He's the Um, primary make gooder looker of (laughs) select players. Uh, well, I uh, we're not going to a bowl game, um, and so um, that is a wrap on the season. Uh, and I think it's time that we uh, we just turn our attention to the place that we I think are going to be able to derive some joy this year, um, and, and talk some some hoops. Recruiting, oh, I thought yes, maybe it, that, maybe that, maybe well, that. Why it, not that? Isn't that what Graham called that last week when he was on? Uh, go back and listen if you missed it. But uh, that there are some, you know, uh, there are some windows. When God closes the door on bull season, he opens the recruiting window for you, basically. Yeah. yeah um, and I do believe uh, transfer portal activity is uh, full blown right now. Can um, coaches go in the portal asking for a friend? They can be uh, invited can be to find another job in baseball. Be, that's true. If they that's can be point. traded in baseball. They should be able to enter the portal in football. 100%, I think. Hundred percent right. Also, I just want to celebrate Purdue eight and four. Purdue getting into the Big Ten championship <laughs> title game. Just want to celebrate Purdue, everybody. Can, can go we, Purdue. Let's take a second. <laughs> let's take a second here because I, I do want to talk about the big 10 west well coaches have taken notice of the green the wide open green spaces wide in the big 10 west. open <laughs> but that's I about mean, to close right like things are going to change when ucla and usc show up maybe but how embarrassing is it that you know uh that ohio state and michigan play a game that uh, you know will be the one, it ends up being the the one loss for the Buckeyes, and they got smoked, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. There's absolutely nothing that I like about the University of Michigan, but they smoked Ohio State on and they're at their uh, at their stadium. Um, 
But all the same, we're going to watch eight and four Purdue because because and it's not that Purdue so much earned it. It's that everyone else in the Big Ten in the West choked yeah. at every opportunity to secure this spot in the championship game. It is well the two marquee remarkable. on paper programs in the Big Ten West were without coaches the entire season, essentially. So that's a factor in all of this. Oh, I thought you were. Are you just saying that uh, Kirk Ferentz is clearly no longer coaching? <laughs> uh, Was he ever really coaching, though? You know, um, punting is winning. Yeah, punting is winning. I uh, anyway, it's just it, it is it is insane to me that uh, that we continue to let like that the representation of our championship game as a conference is just somebody limping in, not from the gauntlet that is the big 10 West, but just from everyone collectively sucking over there. Um, and then they get pummeled by whoever's from the East. It's great. Uh, shame on all of you. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Like when we give up on this whole East West thing in a couple of years, all of the Big Ten West teams should have to wear like a plaque that talks about like when they were in the Big Ten West, what happened, what that division was like, how pathetic it was, etc. It feels like to the go outer districts stadium. in the Hunger Games. Uh, it does. They're it just does. like, here's my tribute. Uh, all right. Um Let's talk some hoops. So we have the PK-85. Uh, as Plum mentioned at the top, we we play Alabama. We played Oregon. And uh, just <coughs> for recording, we played Portland. Uh, losing to Alabama, winning against Oregon and Portland, which I think coming out 2-1 and one is, is great, something to be happy about, particularly uh, you know when we found out about 24 hours before the Alabama game that we were going to be without Jaden Higgins yeah. and Malik Hall. <clears throat> Yeah. So right. I, I don't think we should spend belabor any one of these games too long. Uh, but, it, you know, I guess some high level notes from the Bama game. I'll I'll start with I think the team really felt those absences at first. Uh, mm-hmm. Pierre Brooks had a I, I would describe a as a bad game um, in his first moment to shine. And then you see later on that he stepped up. Uh, that said, uh, the Miller kid from Alabama. Uh, Holy had a shit. night. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that guy is first round lottery. Like, I mean, 17 points in one half. It just, uh, when a guy's on fire, there's just very little. And what is he, six, eight or something? Like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, my God. And he's a freshman. Good <laughs> oh, yeah. Christ. He's done. He's done after this year. He's going pro for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and the way Bama played the rest of the tournament, it, they do look, uh, as people suspect, the favorite to win the SEC. Well, they, huh? they won the tournament uh, in. Was it three overtimes or four overtimes eventually four against Carolina? overtimes. <laughs> what a weird thing that happened yeah. in the Portland game where we were watching Rummy, Robbie Hummel watch that game and tell us what's happening in it while nothing was happening in play in that game. That was a strange moment for broadcasting. Yes. But- ESPN as a whole did nothing but shit broadcasting for the entirety <laughs> of, of, of this weekend. Uh, I also, for the life of me, cannot understand why a game would ever start at 1230 a.m. East Coast time. So uh, about why do you people, why do you say yes to the scheduling? Say no. Just say no. It's weird, too, because Phil, like that's way past his bedtime. <laughs> yes. uh, like 
the applesauce has been served hours ago for him. Like, I, truly, I don't know what we're doing. Uh, the weekend at Bernie's situation does not require that. Um, I did see but, him out there for the Purdue Trophy ceremony. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a PK90. Stop yawning, Phil. Stop yawning. Stay with us, my man. Uh, the, it's worth pointing out. This was a bad game for Hauser. The other games, good games as we'll get to in just a moment, but this was not other than from a, th- a free throw perspective, which Plum, I'll, I'll let you have your the moments. The only too. thing that matters except for an 11 point loss, but you know, I mean, only attempted two threes, missed both of them really struggled from the floor. Generally. I, yeah. this one is, of six for shooting, right? Not yeah. His best night. Other than the aircraft carrier game, that's by far the worst we've seen of Joe of Joey Hauser uh, so far this season. Yeah. Um, and also not a lot of Sissoko in this game. Very limited Mahdi, which what a weird thing. Who who thought that I would say a sentence like I just said? Yep. At the beginning of the year, uh, could have used a lot more Mahdi. And th- this was Joey's second bad game of the year. Um, but I think the storyline to me as we're getting into this next game is Tyson Walker really starting to like take his role on the team. Mm-hmm. Last year, we thought that this was kind of his team as a point guard to to yeah. take and lead. And then Hogard really stepped into that role and. Did we start to see in this tournament that maybe it is Tyson Walker's team after all? I don't think it's either of their teams. I think it's both of their team. This is going to be a point guard by committee situation again. We don't want that. I don't want that. I don't like it. But they they are incapable of each having great performances. And listen, we've not had an easy seven-game stretch. I mean, number two, Gonzaga. Number four, Kentucky. Not, not, number 18, Alabama. I mean, ranked teams, I think, right? Three, five, four of yeah. our teams we played have been ranked. We are top 10 in the uh, strength of schedule for both Kempom and Torvik. Have to be. I mean, this has been brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being out two guys to start this tournament. So, I, listen, I'm very proud of this team, but the inconsistency among key players, and we're, you know, we've seen it against Hauser, we've seen it with them. Maddie, you've pointed both of those out, but we're seeing it consistently now as well, or the, I should say inconsistently, with both Hogard and with Tyson. The game we get, I mean, this team is a national championship winning team. If, if, if Tyson and, and Hogard can both be playing even at 90% of their capacity, Ooh. unfortunately, I don't know if we ever see that. Ooh, spicy. Jonesy, you agree with that statement? Potential national championship winning team? I mean, age and guards win. I I mean, the and and here's the other thing that wins, luck. And so sure. I mean, like there there is no one wins a a national championship in basketball without luck. And yeah. so the the there are things that are um uh, I think Greg Waddell of uh, the Field of 68 had pulled this uh, these stats last year about Tom Izzo winning, generally speaking, in the tournament and rotation size. Mm-hmm. And that Tom Izzo only wins when his rotation is small. And good news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. <clears throat> and so well, that was that's what we bitched about last season, isn't it? 
that in the year before that, 50 players each had to play at least 17 minutes in the game. <laughs> they and all, they, they had their like seven, they had their minute uh, coupons and Tom handed them out at the beginning of the game. <laughs> and he was like, all right, guys, hand me your minute coupons. All right, guys, this is, table. this is Stevie's week to start. <laughs> I mean, I, I think here, here's the thing. I'll say this, that. You know, if a bad night from Joey Hauser is what we get at, like against Alabama, which is truly his worst game, I'm not counting carriers against anybody. Like, I, no, I just, that's right. I think that's right. I think that's right. And so, you know, and if Joey Hauser doesn't have five turnovers against Bama, it's just a, a lackluster stat line versus a bad one, right? Right. So, you know, in that game, he still has nine points and five rebounds and a block, right? Like, I. I if that's a bad Joey Hauser game, then, uh, which is looking like is the the case. I mean, it, he's consistently scoring like that's production we never imagined. To Plum's point, in theory, you're getting two great guards, and frankly, Trey Holloman has looked more than adequate as a freshman. Yeah. I mean, it, more than adequate as a freshman. Yeah. Yep. Are we just talking about basketball generally now, or do you want? I guess. To go on I mean, to Oregon. So sure. Let's, there are a few you, things I, I wanna, watched Oregon. Yeah, I, I did. I stayed up late and I want credit for it. Uh, I stayed up. I watched it live. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, Joey really starts to assert himself here. In yeah, fact, that yeah. got written that they had to air that place out because it smelled like so much wet hay afterwards. Uh, uh, I mean, I think that may be his best game of the season so far. I know that uh, Bill Walton said that that was the case in spite of it being the only Joey Hauser game uh, that he's seen all season. Well, he'd seen it the night, the time before. Okay. Second one. Uh, I've seen all of them. Still agree <laughs> with him. Uh, also, Pierre, we start to see like the Pierre Brooks come on yeah. out a little bit. Um, yeah. I also have to come clean. Um, I started to tire of Bill Walton a little bit by the end of the. Yeah, no. there it is. No, not Uncle Bill. Not everyone's favorite loud, unhinged Uncle Bill. <laughs> did, For I Plum like to call the, someone loud and unhinged, unhinged. is. <laughs> <laughs> the two Spider-Mans looking, pointing at one another. Uh, I did like when ESPN News bumped over to ESPN in like fourth overtime of the Bama-UNC game. And Bill Walton was actually talking about the out-of-bounds play. It was like, this is what it takes. Four overtimes for Bill Walton to actually comment on what's happening in front of him. In front of him. <laughs> I, I do does. like that it, when it's going to overtime, he's like, is this a good use of anybody's time? And I'm like, <laughs> Bill. Bill, go lay down. This Get this man a sandwich. Poor guy. I, I just, I mean, it was a late night, and you could tell from Tom Izzo's uh, quotes after the game. I'm going to read this in its entirety because it's really special. I wasn't happy with the way we played at different times in the game. It was a difficult stretch for us. We were able to piece some meals together. That's, that's Bill Walton talking there. I don't know, Tom, you might need to go to night too. Uh, meals together. Are we, uh, this uh, is also the first a- Jaden Whiten's appearance too, right? This was, uh, uh, it was, uh, I need to go night night as well. Uh, <laughs> foreshadowing is what I wanted. Foreshadowing. There it is. Game. There it no is. one was Whitens, following you on that journey. <laughs> Whitens comes out of nowhere for Portland, but go ahead and finish. 
your thought on that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't have anything beyond that. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I will just say uh, Jackson Kohler. Um, <coughs> excuse me, had a much much better game uh, in, against Oregon than he. I think it was probably his best game of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I think the thing we're going to see with Jackson Kohler is that growth is not linear. Mm. Uh, you can tell did not have a great game at times against Portland, right? Um, uh, or at all, I would say against Portland. I I have some. Uh, I you started to see an offense that involved Jackson Kohler against Portland. I mean, he didn't drain his shots, but like, I, I think there was some development there. It, but that's not really important. It. it Kohler had a good game. Uh, Trey Holloman, I mean, is not filling up the stat sheet, but if you're playing 18 minutes for Tom Izzo, uh, you're, you're doing something right. Um, and so I, I just, like, those are reserve pieces. Those are meaningful pieces on this team that will, to Plum's point earlier about making it to the end, if that's mm-hmm. a team that can do this, all of those guys need to be able to fill time and be replacement-level players. Um you know, versus what you hope are other players who are above replacement level. Um, So anyway, I, I, that was Oregon. The only other thing is, I mean, they, they nearly choked the game away, which Mm. this team just doesn't like to win in non-dramatic fashions. No, I kept expecting in the last like 10 minutes of the game for MSU to just pull ahead and it just didn't happen. And in fact, if it wasn't for free throws, they might've lost that game, but they nailed their free throws on the stretch Tyson Walker again asserts himself and they get a win against the ducks on the road. I also know it's a bit of a meme to talk about how there are no dudes on Oregon's team, but I was actually kind of impressed in the ability they had to kind of stick with it. I had to give, I had to give them credit where it was due. I mean, Um, talk about a a rough, I I feel bad for them. yeah. 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 Anyway, Portland game. Uh, Here's what happens as far as I'm concerned. Portland hits I jinxed rid- it. I ridiculous jinxed it. threes in the first half. They're up a bunch. They stop hitting ridiculous threes in the beginning of the second half. They're down a bunch. They start hitting ridiculous threes again at the end and of the game. MSU's turning it over. And MSU turns it over. Yeah. The end of this game felt the most like last year. <laughs> that, oh, that's, that's right. Bad right. turnovers and then teams hitting ridiculous shots. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm in Happy Valley on Saturday night. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> can I just share really quickly, though, that I'm looking at the box score on MSU's uh, webpage for this game? Mm-hmm. And uh, the image link is broken for the Portland logo. It just is, you know, that, that like, little picture thing with a, a broken line yeah. through it. And it says Portland logo next it, to it. it. It should say under <laughs> construction or it should be a dancing baby or something like I'm going to, I'm going to have to screenshot this. This is too good. Dancing baby. God, that's a, it's a cell phone. I think maybe Big sure. time. Uh, my younger millennials or, or Gen Z's will not get that reference. Very confused. Uh, so let's, uh, let's start Tyson Walker. Frankly, I think, I mean, he ended fantastic uh, at, I mean, seven for 15 from the field, two for four from behind the arc, but there were stretch, not fantastic. That's a decent field, uh, decent field goal percentage, but. If you say parts of this ends fantastic, I'm going to chortle every time. Okay, well, uh, 
there were stretches that he couldn't seem to buy a bucket. Um, but to your point earlier about Tyson Walker being the guy that we hoped he was last year, uh, he just kept shooting. And yeah. that's that's what you need from Tyson Walker is the like, hey, man, this is you. You know who um, else kept shooting? Pierre Brooks. Good God. Yeah. That Noskerd. That man is Noskerd. Four for four on threes, man. Yeah. Pierre. But- but you know, only fifty percent from the line. So uh, ah. one for two. One for two. <laughs> one can we talk for about? Two. Can we talk about Madi uh, yeah. going three for three from the line, though? Under those circumstances, too. I uh, I don't know about no. the officiating that happened yeah. there. I I I thought that it was a flagrant. I didn't think it at first, but when they showed the first uh, like replay of it, like I stood up and threw something. I was mad. I was angry. Mm. Yeah, so um, but people it seem to think that he to shouldn't have gotten three. I, I like I genuinely do not know how that works. Uh the that they gave him the and one and then gave him two for the flagrant. I guess. Is it a flagrant because it happened the flagrant? after the but it's that doesn't happen. Did he not get his he got his and one? Uh, but so they sent him to the line for the extra one, right? That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And then they that gave was, him two for the flagrant. That sounds right. That's right. So he, so it turned into a four point, five point play. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, that's right. That's how that happens. It's the same thing on technicals after like, uh, like they want to charge and then so they call the block and then they, they count the end one and then the guy goes crazy and they tee him up for the descent or whatever. Five point play, you know, we see those. But I, I, I think I understand that a little bit more because it, that's a separate act. Yeah, it's a separate act. This was the foul that got that personal oh. foul to begin with. I I don't know. This is why I'm not an official. I, I would, yeah. I, a four-point play would have made sense to me. Five, insane. Either way, Madi Sissoko, three for three from the line. With no one around him. And those, like, empty, you know, free throw line situations that are different than regular free throws. Uh, people also spe- suspecting that uh, Portland's coach is going to be suspended as a result of his conduct after the game uh, because he charged out to mid midcourt and uh, yelled into at the ref's face. We got fucked. Um, <laughs> I bet he doesn't get suspended. Well, you know, uh, getting charged for all kinds of things these days. So who knows what will happen? Um, the AJ Hogard ends up with a halfway decent stat line. I was... I, I think largely really disappointed with AJ's play in this tournament. Um, he turned it on in the second half, though. It was it was a tale of two AJs uh, mm. today, I think. The first half, I was not impressed with AJ. The second half, he asserted himself a little bit more. His turnover numbers, though, have been brutal. Um, yeah. Is it I mean, as brutal I, as when Joey Hauser tries to take the ball up the floor and then pass it <laughs> off to someone? Just being not pressured by nobody. Yeah. Like, Joey Hauser's like in a full-blown panic, and it's like, nobody's near you, man. It, it'd be like Mati Sissoko taking the... If Mati Sissoko was in that situation, I would understand him being like, I'm not Probably. supposed to have the ball right now. But like, Joey... Joey's just like, a go hole? And then... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stick with this bit all year. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> I don't. So what? Look, this team, um, I, I'm willing to to really look past the Alabama loss 
I mean, they're a really good team and you're adjusting to a new lineup without two key components, one of whom definitely would have been guarding Alabama's best player. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I, I mean, that stinks that you lost, but okay. Um, that would have been a tough match even at full strength. I'm not afraid to play Alabama again, though. Like, if we saw him yeah. in a tournament sure. oh, you know, no. at full strength, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take that matchup. And that's where I that's where I'm at with this team, though, is yeah. that I I don't I don't know who I'm supposed to be scared of right now. Themselves, themselves, pussy injury team. Fuck, I believe is what I said to Kevin Greck this week <laughs> in the group chat upon hearing that both. both <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. It, it's themselves. It's. <laughs> The eloquence. <laughs> it's it's I mean, I know that's ridiculous, but it, we're at a certain point. Stop it. Just stop getting hurt. Stop it. Stop it. Ah! Um, because Christ, like, who else does this happen to? Well, Every well, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the examples. I just want my indignation. I, just let me go. Damn you. Can I go back to uh Hogard's turnovers. Can I just ask uh, for a point guard at seven games into this season? What would be the acceptable number? Like, what, what's like? Where should it, we be? Put it in comparison to his. I mean, you need to put it in comparison to his assist numbers. So Fine. look at it as a ratio. Is it better than two to one? No. If it's not better than two to one on the season, then it is is not good. All right, forty six assists to twenty seven turnovers. So. It's yeah, not not good. Not good. Yeah. Because like a, a Cassius Winston, do you remember him? He was good. He would yeah, be up in the like the four to five to six at times. Assisted her. In fairness, job. though, it is known that at Breslin, they will give an assist for breathing on the ball as it's in transit to the rim. Yeah. So, okay, CTNTC, give it a break. So, you know, uh, but I am looking at, holy shit, Tyson Walker's assist numbers are... 32 to nine. Holy. Oh, he is a good boy. He's good. And I love him. <laughs> you know, who's not a pussy injury season team. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, do you, we're, we're, we're nearly through the gauntlet, uh, that we were a little bit worried how this team was going to be at the yeah. end. Yeah. Where where are you on this team? Plum has come out with a I, I love the energy. Yeah. Like I am all in on Natty. Like Come on, baby. We can do cause, it. Cause I will say this. I don't know that I'm I'm willing to commit to a Natty, but I will say Plum is not wrong to say that it is in the realm of possibility for this team. Yeah. And and I would have never said that preseason. Yeah, this was a, a team that we were worried about getting to the tournament. I think uh, if we went back and reviewed the tape, we thought we'd I don't be a think anyone said about that. that. Uh, <laughs> I would call this like a, a Sweet Sixteen team right now. Now, oh, hang are, a banner there, but yeah, only if you string yeah. five in a row. It needs the real programs get five of those in a row. Nothing else matters. Um, <laughs> there have been some in the media that used to cover this team. Now they're covering golf and other just things. It's not even clear. It suggests that maybe <laughs> not even clear. maybe uh, the team looks like this because they're just a little bit older than the other teams. And there may be something to that, but I'll point out they beat a much older than usual Kentucky team. They yes. hung with an older than usual Zag team. Uh, and, you know, 
they are relying on freshmen to fill key roles at big times. Madi is effectively a freshman as far as I'm concerned. The way that I'm treating him, he's like a new guy. Uh, Pierre Brooks has to come in and play 35 minutes, big time minutes. Uh, Jason Wittens comes in today Whitens. in Whitens. Sorry. I, sorry. It's, it's uncomfortable to say, but the way that I end podcasts has made me really self-conscious about the way that I say Jason's last name. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I like, I, I think that this team has personnel challenges just like any other program. Jackson Kohler's playing 13 a game. Yeah. I like. Maybe it's true. Maybe there's an element to that, but it's going to continue to be an asset in the tournament. One of the factors that people tell you to look at when you're filling out your bracket is what teams have old backcourts. And (laughs) it's still important then just the way that it's important now. So, yeah, well said. And and if the critique is that we're just old now, but like... Everyone else grows too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, why, why, it, it, it is assuming that everyone grows and Michigan State does not. Um, we've gotten far less than the best AJ Hogard. Like, we're not even close to the AJ we saw towards the back end of last season, other than he seems to make three pointers now on occasion. Um, and there and have, this is- in fairness to Brennan Quinn, who I'm referencing here, there have been times when he was actually covering the team that I was like, can we play the national championship like right now, please in December? Cause it, we would have like caches hitting on all cylinders as a senior, sure. we would have, you know, whoever it was, Denzel Valentine slinging the ball around as a senior. Mm. Yeah. And then those are times I was like, okay, we're ranked number one. I think we are sincerely the number one team in the country. Let's have the tournament now, please. Yes, right. <laughs> this doesn't feel like one of those times though. Okay. No, well, I, th- I think this team gets better. Like um, a good wine. Yeah. Um, uh. Like Joey just showing off those guns that he got. I just, Ooh. you know, he's, he's ready. He hey, wet hay, baby. <laughs> I, wet I am, hay. I'm all about primetime Joey Hauser. Uh, all right. Um, let's, uh, should we, should we take a quick break? And yeah. Let's talk, about, read? let's talk about our friend, Brandon with Sands with a Z. Greg, you know him best. I do say more. I do of everyone here. I think I've had the most intimate conversations with Brandon Sands. For sure, I think I've I've had the the most touching moments with Brandon Sands. I talked to him. How much touching have you done? No, well, some we've embraced. We've had a a handshake, a firm handshake. He looked me in the eye. I looked away because I am the beta in this and every situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talked to him the day his most recent child was born. So yeah. Um, wait, and he's back child. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, is there, you re- is there another one? There's two. Oh no. It was the first one. The first this, one. Yeah. I was like, this, was, this is not, this was the out, first right? one. I was like, oh, uh, well, I just, I just dropped some points with Brandon Sands. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if he keeps us, uh, as a sponsor. Anyway, he's back. He's with the gold star mortgage and that personal experience that I talked about. You can have it too. <laughs> You can have it too. Uh, he will have a third child and he'll talk to you on the day that that child is born for your refinance or new home purchase. He is with Gold Star Mortgage. They're Fortune 500. They're Michigan-based. They fund over a billion, a billion in with mortgages annually. And his team's got 100 years combined industry experience. So they're licensed in 32 states. They got the entirety of the Big Ten that you would ever consider living in, including... 
Callie. And they get a consultative approach. Rates are the best in the country. They carry all the loan products you could possibly need. And, uh, you know, maybe you're man enough uh, to look Brandon in the eye. I wasn't, but maybe you will be. Uh, so give them a call. Look them up. Brandon Sands, Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z, Gold Star Mortgage. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Gold Star Mortgage. It's a good read. Uh, <laughs> I think we're selling some mortgages. That's a great read. That's a great read. All right. So we have uh, I, we have two topics uh, to chat about off Grand River. Um, one is uh, uh, MSU hockey player uh, called the the N word. Um, not good by uh, an Ohio State player, um, and then uh, and then we have some some charges by everyone's favorite social justice warrior Eli Slavitt against MSU uh, football players. Um, I think these are uh, both not great things. There's more resolution on. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly on Jagger Joseph. Um, I'm sorry if I'm not, but the. We're a really good MSU sports podcast. Yeah. But we didn't call him Joe Jagger, which is what his name should be. Everyone can agree on that. So let's just give ourselves a little credit here. Uh, so let's, uh, to go through the timeline, um, I guess it was two weeks ago now, because we, mm-hmm. we did discuss the wins against Ohio State. Um, one player from Ohio state was issued a game misconduct penalty, which, uh, kicks them out of the game and results in a a 10 minute penalty, uh, for another player, um, that is a designee. Um, I've been informed that is how, you know, you were picked last for the team because that is who gets sent to the box. Um, but the, uh, nothing happens after that. Uh, there's, it is unknown why the penalty was issued. Uh, a week goes by. That player who had been kicked out of the game is playing in other Ohio State games. When uh, Joseph comes out with uh, a statement saying that a racial slur was was hurled at him, that the referee heard it, caught it, penalized it, and kicked the player out of the game. Um, and that uh, he was surprised... <laughs> to see that this player was continuing to compete in athletic events. Um, at first, Ohio State issues a mealy mouth. That's the um, one. That's well, it. Big Ten as well. Well, we're not there yet. Uh, Ohio State first issues a mealy mouth statement, and then the Big Ten comes out with a statement saying that there is not enough evidence, Sufficient to, evidence. Support, to support any action. And then Ohio State eventually sends the player home, um, which is a, so. I think the most destructive component of all of this is actually the Big Ten. So let's That's set right. that to the side for a okay. second here, right. because I think it is disappointing that Ohio State merely got caught with their pants down. <laughs> And that's what happened. And it was after professional hockey players, it, black professional hockey players yep. uh, stood up and said that this is unacceptable. It is after their student section and kudos to yes. their student section yep. for saying this is fucking bullshit and the players shouldn't be around here. Yep. Um, take note, U of M, by the way. And then the they'd be quick to point out that the the Yoast you, you wannabes or whatever it is also took a stand. 
So. Against uh, against Donovan Edwards' participation. No, not that one. The one that doesn't affect them at all. Silly uh. goose. Oh, you silly goose. I got you. Set me up. You trapped me. Oh, uh, that's that's so funny that you thought it would be the <laughs> accountability is easy when it's not yours. Uh, the best so, kind. So sincerely, like shout out to the Ohio State fan community and the students for 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 voicing their opinion here. But it is, you know, Ohio State uh, does not get a pass in being disappointing. The damaging component here, though, is the notion of irrefutability of evidence. And so I think I'd like to start the conversation from, you know, we oftentimes talk about, you know, when 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 women accuse men of impropriety or sexual violence, or not even just women, when, when people accuse someone else of sexual violence or sexual mm-hmm. assault, or, or sort of using a power dynamic in a sexual way that we should believe those voices. I don't know why that same courtesy and that's, that value set isn't extended to when people of color say that they're the, the recipients of, of racial slurs and, or racial attacks or racial discrimination. And the thing is, in all of this, that, you know, it's... Sometimes you do things that are not okay. That that like there there's a spectrum on these things. There's there's intent and impact, and that those are two separate things. Yeah. And so you, you can measure intent as one thing and impact. So you can do a thing that makes a person of color uh, unhappy, uncomfortable, and you may not have meant anything. And like that's sure. a learning opportunity. But it doesn't mean you were okay. Like it's just a learning opportunity. Your impact was bad. Your intent this is was- like a this is like a certain Florida football recruit who posted a video of himself this week, rapping along with lyrics that include the use of the n word and lost. Yes, his, uh, lost his offer. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's much lower intent, much higher impact. Much higher impact. And, and, and to your point around the learning, but but I I want to take this from but but this is a high intent, sure. high impact setting setting and that and that the the idea that the big 10 would not believe a person of color who said they were the recipient of well, a racial slur let's just be well let's let, let's not even make it that abstract because they in fact didn't need to just believe that player i think oh, is it isn't that the big point here? They didn't yes. even need to just believe the player because, in fact, we had at least one, probably more, on-ice officials who heard the statement, heard whatever, and you know, and, and Jagger has not been public around what the term was. We can guess there was a very hard R involved in it, though. Um, and it would have to be pretty unmistakable, right? For Because I'm thinking as a referee now – a lot of things happen in a game that you simply don't hear, but when you do hear it, you, I mean, there's, there's, there's no, and that was, there was no break. I mean, there was a long conversation between the officials on the ice and I would like to better understand that because if you heard it, you heard it, you talk about it with the crew really fast. It's soccer. You show the red card here. It's a game misconduct. That's it. That goes into the report. And, you know, we don't ever see, the fans don't see that you see the box score and it shows how many red cards, in this case, how many game misconducts or whatever. But we don't see what's in the report. But I, I mean, we're taught 
and, and annual trainings around report writing because these actually become legal documents. Because now, especially we living in a society with as much lawsuits and this and that and the third that happened now, no charges. This is <laughs> this is the record. This is the final record of what happened from the only impar- impartial arbiter uh, involved in the contest. So you're right. Uh, the Big Ten's. I mean, I hope whatever PR asshole wrote that statement did so quickly and without thinking. I if, how they. I think they've taken that down, haven't they? Because like that. That can't be the standard. Right. If, if, I, right. I mean, if that's the standard, sports is fucked. And frankly, as an official, I would no longer be interested in refereeing for the Big Ten because, because how the hell would anyone have my back any longer if, well, it's just you, sure, you're the referee, but who really knows if that's what he said? You know, that's, that's, that's insane. That's an insane precedent because then really there is no source of truth. Because frankly, what does video show? Ah, a thousand different angles. You caught one angle. That's not the whole story. What is audio? Well, we didn't hear the whole context. We don't know what led up to it. At a, at a certain point, there is no truth. There are no facts. And therefore, there's no accountability. And that's and, insane. And that, that standard, by the by, is higher than you would need for a, a criminal charge. Sure. Like, in the evidence, our highest standard of proof, or actually, more than criminal, clear and convincing evidence. It is still higher. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to come back to this standard, irre- by the way. <laughs> irrefutable evidence. Yep. And instead of two eyewitness accounts. So now go back. So now go back to your earlier point, because let's just say what it is. When it involves racial animus against a black person, we don't want to touch it unless it is this insane standard. Because that's your point about not believing black people. It is we don't we don't believe black people, and we don't even involve the fucking impartial arbiters who were there to say no, no, no. That's what happened. Because we're too we're too afraid of calling somebody a racist. Yeah, which is and, insane. Which is insane. You don't have to call the guy a racist. You don't have to call him a racist. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is he said something that is that earned him a, an ejection from a match. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. And and if it, and if the kid says it involved race and then the referee can report what the term was, everyone else can make the decision on whether the asshole's a racist. The league doesn't – shut the fuck up. Just hold him accountable, you fucking cucks. Fuck. Ah, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. God, I hate him. God, I hate him because it's so easy. Gene Smith is a black man. Kevin Warren is a black man. You know, that is so – and I and I wonder, and I mean, I, one has to wonder, like, are, are they afraid? Are they afraid, like, that they're not going to get backed up? It, yeah, is, no, no, that's, that's – I, I, like, in giving giving them the benefit of the doubt. Right? That, like, I mean, truly, the idea that, that, it, that they've – they're worried that this is them being accused of over-politicizing. Again, which is yeah. politi- – like – and and it's just you, stick to the facts, fuckers. Stick to the fucking facts that that it was reported from an impartial source and the victim of a racial slur like that. That's it. It's yeah. not complicated. Um, so that was. I, I, I it was that was a bit heartbreaking. Like, I, I, yeah. I'll be honest, I, I, I was I was really sad for for. Uh, for the for everybody for hockey for the Big yep. Ten, uh, obviously uh, for uh, for Jagger Joseph. Like, 
I mean, that was, that sucked. And, uh, and I, I get the sense that he genuinely felt a lot of support from his community. Yeah. Clearly Um, to be able to make that statement and have as much support as he did, which is to say kudos to the administration, kudos to Alan Haller, you know, from this, this most senior levels of the university to support him. Kudos to them. That, that was the right take. And also uh, kudos to the hockey team generally uh, for what it's worth. We're not going to talk about them uh, in this, in this, uh, you know, general uh, segment, but uh, they've uh, continued their winning streak a little bit. So we, we should eventually talk about that. Anything else on this before we move on to uh, other matters of social justice? Uh, You want to, you want to tee this up? So, uh, last week we asked Graham Couch uh, what he thought the fallout would be of uh, of charges. We kind of figured it looked like those were coming. Uh, speaking only for myself on this podcast, I did not expect what ended up actually coming from charges. As most of us are probably aware, uh, seven of the eight players that were suspended were charged by the uh, Washington County Prosecutor's Office. Uh, Kari Crump has a felony a battery charge, if I'm remembering correctly. And the other six players have misdemeanor aggravated assault charges. If uh, And uh, Jacoby Winneman has a uh, assault and battery misdemeanor. Which are all, as I understand it, very significant misdemeanor, sort of playing with the high end of misdemeanor. Uh, I never expected for a moment that there would be this many charges. And... I was hot on Wednesday when this was announced. Um, Now, certainly we have to go back. We have to, again, state this explicitly for the record. What happened in the tunnel was wrong. Um, There should be consequences for actions. Uh, What Kari Willis did was particularly wrong, assaulting someone with with a helmet. It's important that we set that. But I would ask the question, introducing these seven men to the justice system in Washtenaw County, and everyone's just sort of assuming, and I think Jones, you did a great job sort of articulating this on on Twitter for us. Uh, Everyone's just sort of assuming that these are going to, this will plead down to a littering charge in the tunnel. You know, they're going to do some community service and pay a light fine. You don't know that. You do not know that. You're making... Big assumptions about the justice system that these men are about to be entered into and the way that it could potentially affect the long-term trajectory of their careers and their lives. And I would submit that it is just wrong, particularly for the ones that didn't assault someone with a helmet that it got this far and that there are any charges. Jonesy is a recovering lawyer and someone no longer recovering. No, is a, a, a relapsed lawyer. Um, and someone that worked in Washtenaw County in this capacity. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I mean, so, uh, I, I have many, um, I like, I think let's start, from the legal standpoint of, of publicly available evidence. So obviously uh, there was a weeks long investigation with lots of interviews that took place. So I, um, I, I do not have full access remotely to the evidence that's available and that could change, but 
I do, uh, we, we had a statement from one of the attorneys, the, the California based attorney that I, I believe is representing Angelo gross, um, who brought up a couple things that I had flagged as uh, problematic about these charges from a, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, standpoint. And so, you know, it's, it's it, for folks who maybe aren't familiar with, with any, whether it's a lawsuit or a crime, a case involves elements. That is to say that there are, there are a number of things that have to be proven, and then you meet a standard of proof for, for each of those things. So in a criminal case, that standard is beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and, and for the aggravated assault uh, uh, portion, um, it's someone who you assault a person without a weapon, um, and you intend to commit uh, um, less than great bodily harm, uh, or I'm sorry, rather you inflict uh, great bodily harm to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the question here is from the evidence that we have available, that's to say a video of, of some number of people surrounding what appears to be a, a Michigan player's body. Can you prove from that video that who hit who? Yeah. You, you never see anyone strike a blow. No. Like, I mean, you can infer that that player was hit by somebody, but you don't know who hit that player. That player also was available to play football the following week. So the question of inflicting great bodily harm is a bit sus. Um, so I, I have questions about being able to prove against any one of these defendants. Uh, and that's, frankly, the problem that the prosecutor's office faces is that they have a number of defendants, any one of whom may have committed the crime that led to the injury that is being claimed, which I think was a bloody nose, um, which I query whether that's a great bodily harm, but that's not important. I don't, I'm sure there's case law on it. Um, but so I have questions about whether they can prove any of this. I also have questions about the value of extending the legal process to, if the, we talked about this last week, if the conduct had occurred on the field. On the field. If it had occurred at the 50 yard line. If it occurred on the side of a basketball court, I wonder then if any of these things matter. But see, this is the thing that bothers me. I'm going to take it for an aside because it, it, we get, we're going to get railed by someone for what about ism here. Uh, because apparently we have to deal with everything in a teeny little narrow microscopic confine. We can't take, we can't take consistent patterns. We can't take the bigger picture to say, to the way we're acting as a university or at any university is the way it, it's acting consistent with its own past practice. So I'm not going to defend the prosecutor's office here, but I do want to just focus for a second on the university. Jim Harbaugh, uh, when he isn't out rallying Catholics to support the unborn, uh, is, has spent the rest of his time advocating at every juncture for, I imagine, the carceral system to bring all eight of these young men to execution. Uh, you would think it was the most serious and heinous thing to happen since Bob Anderson, but because that didn't happen at U of M, clearly this is worse. Um, and then you have the prosecutor's statement 
which 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 points the finger right at the University of Michigan Police University Department. University of Michigan Police Department. Yeah. As I don't know, pressurizing them or what you would say to to move this prosecution forward. What I know is the Washtenaw County Prosecutor's Office has an entire restorative justice system that was instituted by this prosecutor. And the first action in that restorative justice system is that an advocate from the prosecutor's office reaches out first to the survivor of any harm and asks them if they are open to participating in a restorative justice process. I don't know the kid from Michigan who was aggrieved in this. I don't really care. But if the system worked, and I imagine it had to have been the first recourse and may in fact have been why it took so long, I have to assume on something as inconsequential as this, and another young black man who knows what the carceral system does to black men in this country would have been fine and happy to accept that that, that these are the ends that, that we're at now. That is hard for me to accept. Now, it's totally possible that kid lives with a chip on his shoulder and hates Michigan State, and maybe he's mentally unsound. I don't fucking know. It's his, it's his call, I guess. Sure. But it's hard to think that there would have been any support at the university for anything nearing healing or wholeness around this event. And this is, I think, the echo chamber that you were going to take us to. So I'll let you kind of take us down that, that thread. But this is what's amping up this rivalry, and not just this rivalry, but every rivalry, as we continue to see it play out week after week in the fucking Michigan Tunnel, where hate just goes to live, and everyone loves this, and there's nothing preventively being done to really reconcile with what the outcomes of this are. Well, I mean, I, I do think, so, uh, you know, I, this is a, a weird and bad precedent for sport. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and we've been really consistent on our opinion that that the acts that took place in the tunnel have no place in sport. Right. We've been wildly consistent on that, actually, yep. from uh, the whatever the dude is at Kansas who brought the chair uh, mm-hmm. to uh, Juwan Howard assaulting and battering uh, varying coaches that uh, and and um, uh, Diabate swinging punches or throwing punches like. These things don't have place in sport. And there should be consequences for them. But Yes. But the consequences do not need to involve the carceral. The justice system. No. Well, so that's where I, I you know, and and so the for the maybe one to two U of M fans that still inexplicably listen to this podcast, I like I would do some genuine looking inward about do you think between your AD and your head coach that that they did a net positive for um, the victims, the the student athletes at Michigan State, the state of Michigan, or sport generally in in demanding charges here? Mm-hmm. And and the fact that that maybe you can make peace with this idea that a, a needle will be thread that is is inexplicable, because um, I assure you, probation is made to make people fail. Um, but that, that the, the idea that this is going to be a perfect needle thread, I, I, I do question whether you can look at your coach and say, is that person a good person? Is that person a net positive to society? Um, and, and what is your role as a, a, a some sort of booster to your university in that? But, and I would that, also ask I, that question about uh, your athletic director, first and foremost, yes. who who yeah. doesn't seem to exist other than to amplify this 
this one situation kind of goes right back into his little hidey hole right afterwards, though I'm sure he's be, he'll be happy to come out and gloat now that they're headed to the Big Ten championship game in all likelihood the college football playoff. But uh, just very uh, disappointing, again, from the University of Michigan. And another of, of these, you know, and it's also consistent with what we've been saying in our criticism of the University of Michigan. And it's that it's inconsistent, the accountability isn't there, and they aren't true to their values when it actually matters. But beyond that, because I, I do think this, <clears throat> I saw those charges come down and, and I was, uh, I was at a loss for words, mm-hmm. genuinely at a loss for words. I, I, that I, I, I truly believe that this is a, a, a bad thing. I mean, you both live in the state of Michigan. I don't think this is a good thing for like, you know, my first, my first assigned reading from my first class in law school was criminal law. And the it was a it was a an essay written by a judge about why punish and and i i i ask anyone to look at this situation and say what is the net positive of punishing here who who is this for mm-hmm. are you worried that that the the conduct at issue here is is susceptible to recidivism and therefore worthy of punishment i would i would i would submit no that's not a serious worry <laughs> Uh, like, do you think these people pose a risk to society? No, I, I no. don't think you think that's true either. Um, is this about the victim and that their need to be whole? I, I would submit that Leviathan can sleep on this one and it's not that important. That the consequences could have been handled at a much smaller level than invoking the power of the state. Mm-hmm. And so that is where I come for Eli. Because if you... It's actually pronounced Ellie, but keep going. I don't care, All Ellie. Right. Ellie, doesn't, this he, is he, Ellie, Ellie doesn't... Ellie is not worthy of a correct pronunciation. That's good. Because this is some straight-up bullshit. Because Ellie knows these questions. Ellie should be grappling with these questions. And if the claim is that you've set up a restorative justice process, that's fantastic. But you, as the prosecutor, hold carte blanche discretion. It is prosecutorial discretion. You do not need to bring any case. And so, therefore, the idea that you invoke the power of the state is insane and and it is an and it is an escalation of at minimum the rivalry but more likely about how we are asking folks to govern people i guess i mean i just i i don't know like do you want your prosecutors doing this no especially a prosecutor who you know has to go in front of you know the voters of Washtenaw County and talk about how progressive he is and how he's got this restorative office and he's got all of these things. And uh, I, w- I would submit to you that we are falling well short of those promises that were made to the good people of Washtenaw County right now in this case. I, I just, I, I would want to encourage listeners to not sleep on this. Like it's easy to be riled up in the moment, but like this case is going to go on. And, and especially now that the football season is over, these guys are out of sight, out of mind. 
as we all kind of expect, most of them would never have played another down in green and white ever again, regardless. Right. Uh, but it, this will still continue to affect them. So no, the one person see. who was not charged uh, was brought back immediately to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, it, look, I, I just. I'm just saying if, if when the state gets involved in this, it makes it a lot harder for teams to do the right thing. This is another side effect of this. What the fuck good did Mel Tucker do by suspending those players? Other than, I mean, good for Mel Tucker. Like, he had standards. He wants to ensure cohesion and discipline. But if if the state's going to get involved, then fuck the team needing to do anything. Fuck the league needing to do anything. No, nothing is going to be more severe than the state, right? Because as you've said, that's the permanent record. So... I, I, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a really bad look. We, uh, Ellie Savitt has done a lot. I mean, he did not charging commercial sex work any longer, pro, uh, prostitution, uh, working across, you know, youth diversion programs with a number of really good Washington County social service and healthcare organizations. So those things can be applauded. I mean, I think you can do both. Um, I, Understanding, you can disappoint. You can you can be what a good I'm saying person is, and disappoint. And what I'm saying, in, yes, and I, I can't make excuses or really because I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you're right, right? If for some reason, he is holding that that what happened in the tunnel is a crime against the state. Really, that's what it is. He he holds. He, that's it. Isn't, it. isn't it absurd to say out loud? But that's but that's what he's saying. He's saying what Kari Crump did, what the rest of those guys did, is is a crime against the state. It's not about the victim. It's about the state. That's yes. that's the point. If it was about the victim, then it's about the sport. It's about the context. It's about where it happened. It's about the rivalry, the atmosphere. the And and that's, I think, for me, if I'm the prosecutor, what I'm probably saying back to Ward Manuel, if I can find him from under whatever fucking hole he's in, and Jim Harbaugh, other than Jim, get off the fucking media, you douche boob, is, guys, this is shit you have to deal with with Alan and Mel and your you guys get to work this out together because Who at this point we have worked this out by the way they they've already served five game suspensions they'll probably be transferring like this is affecting their lives already yeah and but that's my point so like go to the t- talk to each other are you not able even to talk any longer and it, it is completely possible that Jim Harbaugh is impossible to talk to the guy is on a different level in terms of being insufferable yeah I mean so it's completely possible that Jim is just you know the, he. Prop three passed in Michigan. He can't even see. He's still seething. The you know poor abortions. They're just happening left, right, and God knows it's Jim's fault. So I don't know. I mean, doorstep. It's it's just it's hard. I think you said it, Kevin. The values that this university purports to have never seem to apply to them, and they never really seem to live into the truest ideals that they espouse. And at the end of the day, who suffers here? Right. It's more young black men. And by the way, we're not trying to say that they're not responsible for something. They did something. They should be held accountable for something. Nothing here was right. We've been consistent on that. I think at one point we might have even have said, hey, if there's something chargeable here, charge them. But but at the end of the day, if it is a (laughs) this is a crime against the state, how in the fuck does Juwan Howard still have a job? And why in the fuck is there not a lawsuit or something being held against the game managers at the University of Michigan for creating an environment that is conducive to this behavior happening? Because they know that this is a problem. And although they say, oh, for years the tunnel's been there, it's never been like this. Apparently it has. So 
I, 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 we gotta let it go. We're just probably been an hour. We gotta fucking move on. But I just, this is, this is the university of Michigan and all its glory. And Ellie Savitt, you know, bad look, my friend, bad look. You seem to yeah, be a pretty cool dude, but bad fucking look here. And Ellie, you know, this might serve the constituency of Washtenaw County, but if you're looking at a higher office, there's no one. No university in the state that produces more alumni in the state of Michigan than MSU. And uh, they're not going to forget, Ellie, if you're listening to this. They're but go blue, forget. buddy. Go yeah. blue. Yeah, keep, um, that, keep that in the old uh, we, Twitter bio. We can talk about that some other day. Not about how dumb it is for this situation, but how dumb it is because he's going to have a U of M athlete that he's going to have to deal with at some point. But anyway, anyway, we'll talk about that at some other time. Um, When it happens. Uh, the... I, I just, I know we're moving on, but I, I would say like, I, I would really encourage people. They're probably going to hit put in diversionary programs. Like this is going to be a, at least a year plus long saga for these players now that are going to be dealing with this for legal consequences. So like, if you're upset about this, don't lose that, uh, you know, don't lose that feeling like, cause God knows they're going to be living in it for a long time. Yep. Um, all right previous yeah let's do these really quick uh because no one you know cares or respects our previews um notre dame is this week um this is the 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 big 10 challenge this is also i would say maybe the toughest game that we have left in the gauntlet not to say this you know the only one that we could lose but it's to say it's probably the toughest um and they are if we're looking at them here they're 78 on ken palm and they are way better on the offense than they are on the defense. So look for this to be a bit of a track meet down in South Bend. Um, that's all I've got. Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is 48 <laughs> on the Ken Palm. And they're the opposite. They're way better on the defense than they are on the offense. Wait, you're so saying look- that Notre Dame 78 in Ken Palm is, is the tougher. To yeah. Of- well, it's because it's on the road. And Northwestern's at Breslin Center. It's oh, the Big okay. Ten kickoff. So uh, those are the two games. You're going to get to see opposites. Um, and I would take a certain joy in beating uh, Notre Dame again in South Bend. Jonesy, your thoughts on Notre Dame and South Bend? Love it. Anything? Anything? Uh, zone? Don't they do that? I don't know. They don't have Mike Bray anymore. I don't really. I have. Oh, not wait. Is he gone? I, yeah, he's been gone for a while, hasn't he? Oh, I don't know. I, is Marcus Freeman coaching the, the basketball team too? He does both. He pulls double duty. Um, Do we get a megaphone if we beat them? Like a smaller version of it? Or go. just half of it? Just oh, no. Mike Bryce still there. Why did I think he was gone? I Can, can we actually, I just want to circle back because this made me think of uh, trophies, made me think about how much I hate the University of Michigan and then <laughs> the charges. I do hope that Tom Izzo is equally furious about this because Michigan looks to be not good at basketball. And I do hope that Tom Izzo is as petty as I think he is and runs up the score if he has the opportunity to. And then doesn't shake Juwan Howard's hand and said, it's like, I better not. I don't know. You guys are, uh," you know, I mean, that's what I need. Yeah, that's what I need. All right. Can I uh, I just say, sorry, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm sorry, but we just, I'm just going to say one more thing. I, I am now, signing on to this idea that we should not be playing the university of Michigan in football for at least a season or so. I, I, I think at this point I'm ready. Like there needs well, to be some sort of forced cooling. 
this is a bit of an escalation, right? No, like, this is a serious escalation. This is a, in, in many you, ways, it's a you, violation in terms. Like you can't, you can't keep expecting Michigan State. It's like the Republicans always expecting the Democrats to be the adult in the room. This is another example of that. You suspend the players, kick them off the team, and then just feed them to the justice system. Let's watch them all go to jail and then be homeless when they get out. Yeah, now, 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 are we good enough for you, U of M? Now, if we earned your trust. It, just fuck off, just fuck off, and I and I, that's that's where I am now because I just yeah, it's you, it's exhausting. I can't imagine that the play next year would be particularly clean. Yeah, don't bring your kids to Spartan Stadium next year. Uh, that's not a place for little boys and girls. Uh, bad place. Whenever that happens. Um, bad, bad, bad. Okay. Uh, should we take some Twitter questions? Sure. Um, well, also, first I just want to. Go ahead. I want to shout out uh, Donovan Edwards uh, getting included in the post-game interview, by the way. Uh, never been asked about his tweets. Um, never been asked. Jim Harbaugh brought him to the ABC post-game interview, or Fox post-game interview. It was nice of him. Uh, <coughs> yes. Uh, all right. Let's go. Twitter, listener, Mike Jones. Uh, Jonesy, from one Mike Jones to another, uh, why hasn't Rossell's been fired yet? Kevin, why haven't you packed up his office? <laughs> I'll head down there. I'll head down there tomorrow some book box. <laughs> You've got the experience. You've got the experience. Um, Uh, Wasn't there a rumor uh, along those lines earlier today on Twitter that L's and the boomstick have been shown the door? Uh, I don't know. No, Uh, I missed this. It's it doesn't. You never. I was. I think Ross L's is fast. I think Ross L's every day before he leaves the house forces his family to take a picture with him (laughs) so that so that when a one on one gets put on his calendar. He, he brings it in. He's like, hey, look, Mel, here's the latest picture of me and my family. Don't do it. Um, <coughs> I don't know. I assume we're going to. I would expect the firings to come after signing day. That's my guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, except for Ross Ells, who's not attached <laughs> to any of these recruits. Uh, this next one's for Plum. Uh, big game Tuesday. Win and in for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, predictions for the game versus Iran. Does the U.S. move on? Yeah, we do. We're going to beat them 3-0. It's going to Whoa. be the win that we've been waiting for. This team has played incredibly well. Uh, they played incredibly well against England, had better possession, way more shots on goal. They held their own um, defensively. I, you, you hate to see um, no goal scored, obviously, um, but you got to give it to England's defense. I mean, some of the best defenders in the in the world. Uh, no cards, no misconduct. The guys were there to play soccer. The referee let them play. It was a great game and it was, it felt like a game that we should have won, but it felt like, so this is a little known fact. The United States has never lost to England in the world cup. And in oh. fact, and in fact, we beat them. I don't know how many years ago, long time, fifties or something. Um, so you know, like good job USA. guys. Yeah. USA, USA. So we held our own competently against, uh, Wales. In fact, we, we would have beaten Wales had it not been, uh, for a sloppy penalty that we gave up late, late, late in the game, which was just a boner of a decision by our defender. So I think this is the game where we put it away. Um, Iran shows that they've got some talent, you know, they went up on Wales and got their W, uh, but they were destroyed by England. So frankly, us holding on against England, the transitive property doesn't always work. But yeah, sorry. Long answer. 3-0. We move on. We are going to the knockout round. Ow. All right. Next Crack. up. Correct. Oh, this one's for you. Since you are the uh, normal buzzkill. Show idea. There's a basketball game next Sunday night. 
Final five to ten minutes. Start recording while you guys are watching. We can listen to Plum Drop F-bomb after F-bomb for missed free throws. And in between whistles and commercials, you can read Twitter questions. Plum, you in? I'm completely in. I will uh, submit. I'll tender my resignation this week uh, at my job. (laughs) Uh... Last up, I know we all want more football, I think, but Keon Coleman heading to the Hoops team could be a blessing. What kind of impact do we think he has? There are minutes up for grabs. Could he actually get in the rotation? How many times will he dunk on Michigan? This is too many questions, Mike Jones, both literally in four and then too many in the one. But, uh, Greg, you did not answer that last one. Uh, Keon Coleman. Honestly, I would take Malik Carr, even though he never actually played. I don't don't know. The thing is, this team doesn't need any more wings really and needs more bodies up front i i i worry that having keon coleman come in might regress pierre brooks a little bit and i don't know it's fine if he wants to join the team and that keeps him in football it's fine but uh i don't think it would have a meaningful impact one way or another on the team kansas just extended their coach they're probably calling right now um all right right, next up michael jones A.A. Ron asks, when do we panic about coaching changes? After signing dead. Very good. All right. Ali asks, uh, Plum, which season felt worse, this or 3-9 and nine in 2016? This. This, yeah, 100% this. this. Really? 100%. After, la- after last year, this is a regression. It seems to speak. I know that Graham is so much more sanguine and, I don't know, equanimous around this. Do you guys remember this. what 2016 was like? No. Do you I don't. remember what happened in 2016? I choose not uh, to. All I remember was 3 and 9. Uh, nothing else happened. There were no other major uh, societal events that took place. Correct. And uh, what I do remember about that is it felt like a huge fluke. And this didn't feel like a huge fluke, which is more concerning. Um, Next up from Ali, uh, what is the bar for next year, Jonesy? If it's not met, what's next? What could be the worst case results in regime change at the top? Worst case, that results in regime change at the top. I don't I don't know that I I think you would need to see something like extracurricular happen or like a true just like implosion, like. 10 people leaving the team losses yeah. yeah like it would be it's not even losing it's it's losing plus i think that needs to happen mm-hmm. um but uh the bar for next year um i think the bar for the program is like eight and four nine and three that you should just get that should be the default yeah so what would you say the bar is understanding where we're at right now relative to that seven five eight and <sighs> I'm I am actually I'm weirdly optimistic um, because it my the thing is some of the stuff that happened on the offensive line at the end of the year was that uh, we actually ran the ball a bit better than we had been running. And that was with some redshirt freshmen in. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm thinking that maybe they continue to grow and progress and, and they're they end up being above replacement value. Um the I, I think we reload just fine at wide receiver, irrespective of what happens if anyone enters the transfer portal. I mean, mm-hmm. we're still going to be mid AF at uh, quarterback unless there's a change there. But I, I'm I'm optimistic there's a competition, but we'll see what happens there. And defensively, I don't think there's any denying that we were just absolutely ravaged. But actually, we saw some of the freshmen get meaningful reps, and they they were fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean. Dylan Tatum got cooked a couple times, but he was not out of position. 
He was actually in better position than many people earlier in the season we ever saw. Like he was on his dude. He just was up against a guy that was like six inches taller than him. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know. I'm optimistic. Plum for you, Ali's final question. We're skipping one, Ali. I apologize. Deranged question of the week. Do you think the soccer 10, Messi, that played in the game on FS1 before ours could have played a better game under center than our football 10? Uh, Messi has not looked great this World Cup so far. Uh, so I'm going to say no. Isn't I'm that kind of a knock s- against him generally is that he underperforms in these types of... Argentina is just not what they should be or what everyone thought they would be. I mean, who was that first loss to? Didn't they lose to, I don't know who they lost to. I should know this by now. Uh, Someone, someone they should not have lost to, they lost to. So good job. Whoever you were, you beat the team you shouldn't have and you did. Woo! Did Argentina and Germany play each other? Terrible answer. I don't think so. Not yet. No, Germany and Spain just played today and I think they had a draw. I like how Plum just answered that like a standard soccer question. No, I, I do. Th- I do think Argentina and Germany are supposed to play each other, though. Uh, maybe I don't. The Nazi bowl is where yeah, they could have been. Oh, that is too bad. Uh, Michael Jones, Joe Ashworth asks, what was the happiest moment of the football season for you? And why wasn't um, there one? <laughs> it, it, well, no, it was when we walked into the Minnesota game and then I proceeded to have all of that, that, that fun dashed. Uh, but that was the happiest moment was walking into the game. Um, what about giving have- Bert something to eat? Huh? Yeah, no, that was good. And this? Him, him him complaining afterwards was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys saw his tweet. Congratulating yeah. Wow. I really bad. Really, had, really bad. It had big Donald Trump. Uh, what was it? Uh, Happy New Year to all the haters and losers or <laughs> Merry, whatever, whatever that tweet was. It had those vibes to it. And yes. I love it. Um, next up from Joe Ashworth. Uh <laughs> Plum, I think Greg and I might be at 100 on this. Well, maybe not. Uh, but be honest, what percentage of football games did you actually watch this year? I might have cracked 90%, but fully acknowledge I'm pathetic. Uh-oh, that sets a bad bar for you. Yeah. Uh, I was, was definitely it? at like 60, I think. 62. 62? 62. I might have been at 62% of the football games. So the thing is, the thing is, I would often try to catch the 60-minute version of the game if I couldn't watch it. So... Mm-hmm. I had a bachelor party during the Maryland game. Uh, I watched the first half when it was competitive, and then I never bothered to go back to the rest of it. So uh, uh-huh. That, uh-huh. that happened. Other than that, I've, I think I watched everything. What about you, Jonesy? Are you 100%? Are you the, are you oh, the purest I love you. one of us all? I am. I am I'm, what did you call me? The purest of us all. Don't care for that. Yeah, the purest, um, the whitest purest of us all. Okay, yikes. This is <laughs> dude like this at all. Kevin Gregg, Adam Delay <laughs> wants to know, is there a white QB competition next year? Adam did not say that. He did not say white. <laughs> did not, he did not say white. Is there a QB competition next year? The answer has to be. Well, I recommend that Adam Delay go down to the old uh, to the old tin can there in East Lansing, there and he takes a, a look around the corner and he looks at the wall, and there should be in fine print. What it, what does it say there, Paul? Yes. What does it say? Yes, it did. It said fire Peyton. <laughs> no, did it say Noah? Did it say hire it Noah? Start Noah. Start Noah. Okay, thank you. You're um, and there better be a competition. Like if if Peyton Thorne wins a competition. I can live with that, but if it, there's just an anointing of that, 
don't know. Yeah, man. like adjust down expectations. Particularly, I think uh, I don't. No one knows that it's going to happen. I don't know that it will happen. It's unlikely. But like, if we if we flip Dante Moore, hypothetically, you bring in a five star core B, QB, y- you have to, yeah, have a meaningful competition at that point in time. Yep. And the starting point probably ought to be, hey, we have a five star QB. Like, can we recruit off of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would all be more forgiving of a freshman QB. Or even a redshirt freshman QB, yeah, making mistakes, who maybe makes some difference. Like I, I'm more comfortable with the seven and five, hell six and six. If I'm seeing a QB who can like win you a game, yeah. The the only real argument for the opposite would be if you knew you had a team that just needed to do its job to win games. Michigan not- last year. That's not going to be the case for this MSU team next year. Yeah. I'd rather build for the future. Uh, next up from Grandma Kunj, uh, would you rather defend one Scotty Hazleton sized Jay Johnson or attack a thousand Jay Johnson sized Scotty Hazleton? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to take this too literally, but Kevin, you and I saw Jay Johnson uh, uh, at yes. the Rutgers game, we and did. man is not small. <laughs> well, I say that as as the smallest man, and you the slenderest man. Uh, but he's 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 tall. Yeah, I mean he's a former quarterback, right? So they tend to be six four, six five. Um, uh, it's the it's the Scotty Hazelton beard that terrifies me, though. So I'll take uh, only one of those, please. Mm. Uh, not a thousand. <laughs> um, next up from starting 18770, uh, Plum, can Tucker improve as an in-game coach or is he what he is? Uh, I have um, one piece of advice, which is stop using any mental or physical energy to do to the chopping sign during the games. It isn't helping. It's not convincing anyone of anything. The players aren't impressed by it. The fans certainly aren't. So a lot of things to improve on in-game. Clock management, uh, low bar. Um, taking a timeout occasionally. About, we, when, didn't take, we didn't talk about that timeout. I was just going to say, sorry. Lot, oh, l- shoot. A lot didn't. of, it doesn't matter. It's gone. It's all gone. Uh, those just the low hanging fruit uh, that, uh, that Spartan 18770 wants us to just offer to Mel. So I'm going to encourage everyone to just get out a, get out a, a little note card, a three by five note card. Just write down on there. One thing that Mel can do to improve himself as an in-game coach and go ahead and mail that go ahead and mail that over to the scandalaris football center attention melvin tucker and let him know let him know what he can do because no he is not what he is he is destined for greatness all right next up michael jones to save the world from douchebags does purdue have a chance next week (laughs) um that would be the most Purdue thing possible, right? Yes. Um, but it's, look, the game's not happening in West Lafayette. I, yeah, I'm not. Um, it's happening down the road. I, I wanted Ohio State to win. I wanted them to win convincingly. And they didn't. They didn't. But it would be kind of the most Michigan thing ever to be so arrogant. Yes. Yes, it would. I mean, Purdue might have enough to bite you. I'll say that. If, if there's a Big Ten West team that could bite them, it probably is Purdue. Is it likely? No. No. But 
the problem would be a one loss Michigan team might still go. But to Purdue? But to But Purdue. they would have a I mean, they would still, I think, have a better argument for it than Ohio State. Oh, sure. But so then maybe, what, no Big Ten team goes to the I'm fine with that. <laughs> but like I just don't think it's gonna happen because so many other top ten teams just lost this week. Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, who's who's in the SEC championship game? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's game this out a little bit. This is this is something that would happen because it would happen to us. Uh, Michigan loses to Purdue, and the committee looks at the losses and says Michigan's loss is worse. Therefore, Ohio State goes to the College Football Playoff. Right. Well, and 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 Michigan didn't play anyone in their non-conference. But that's my but that's my point. Like because yeah. this would happen to us. Like. Fuck the head-to-head. Oh, we always like, no, the head-to-head. We beat Michigan. Like, we – no, you don't. No, you don't yeah, go so, anywhere. No, I, don't think, I don't think you can send Ohio State. I, I just – Michigan – That's – that's home. That's where you're wrong. You see, losing to a whatever th- third-ranked team is just a better loss than losing to an unranked Purdue in the Big Ten title. So – I uh, I hope I think that means maybe well so USC would be in for sure. I just want this. I want this hype. I this. I just need this to happen. I need it. Uh, to that's, happen. that's that's fair. TCU, put USC, and Thanks. Georgia would for sure be in. I don't know if there's another SEC team that would get in. All right. Next up from Spartan 18770. Uh, who are these state fans that I keep hearing about on Twitter who cheer for Michigan when not playing MS? You yeah, I I, I want to take this one. I don't know who those people are, but they can uh, they can have an accident while autoerotic officiating. Like I'm just saying that used to be me a little before this season. What? I I often rooted for Michigan when what? they weren't playing. I did, I did. I always rooted for Michigan when they played Ohio State. But change this, the logo. This season, really, something something has changed. Something has changed for me. Kevin, can you cut his audio? Yeah, uh, we were already talking about uh, yeah, performance evaluation for certain members of the you podcast. Are now. <laughs> Sir, and that is not the thing. True. I have rooted for them in the past, and I have to say. That's just a stank you that you have to carry. Um, Sports Bowl Joey wants to know, uh, Plum, uh, I feel like I've reverted to pre-D'Antonio era rationalizations that things aren't that bad like quote at least the team stuck together Wait, <laughs> exclamation i think this point. is for you because you kind of agreed with me on this point so this one's for you i'm sorry Plum. is there any hope for me uh i'll take this one i have real concerns about the tucker regime i think one of the things i like a lot about d'antonio was that he won the games that he was supposed to win there were multiple games this season that tucker lost that he was supposed to win and uh i I'm not there yet, but we did, if you review the tape, say this exact thing. So maybe I am without reading, realizing it in sports ball. Joey is a much more uh, self-reflective fan than we are. Uh, And maybe sports ball, Joey, you should get out of my head. I don't don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Jonesy? You're going to be able to articulate this better than me. I'm reeling right now. No, uh, uh, I I think sports ball Joey that this is the the essence of being a Spartan um, that you like 
I think we all want Mel Tucker to work out, right? Like, it, am I wrong there, Kevin? We no. like no. we. There's a lot of reasons to be hopeful that Mel Tucker could work out, but and and when you have a just a a colossal shitty season like this, you 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 have to look for things like, did they keep playing? Yeah, they did, but you you. Both of these things can be true. That you can you can co-sign on the idea that maybe maybe there's something there with Mel Tucker, but like that means that something about the coaching component and the personnel component needs to be fixed. And so, if Mel Tucker's big picture and his ethos and pathos and all that other stuff, then then they're like sticking together. That's on Mel. That's good. But mm-hmm. like whatever is being dialed up is clearly not being coached into the the players. So, well, that's uh, sports ball. Joey continues on this is very good. Uh, honestly, uh, offensive play calling was suspect with D'Antonio, but game management was unrivaled to have sus, uh, offense and defense play calling and poor game management is the scariest part of where we are. Is that fixable? Are there other programs that have overcome it aside from head coaching change? The answer is- so, yeah, you can overcome this. Yeah. Yeah, I also I I don't think I don't think the defensive play play calling has been suspect. I think the defensive play calling has been fine. Mm-hmm. Um and so but it, it D'Antonio did have my understanding is D'Antonio had someone on staff for the game management stuff. Mel Tucker needs to have someone on staff for the game management stuff. Yeah, and there have been examples of programs where a head coach makes significant changes to the coordinators and staff, and they do much better. It happened in Notre Dame with Brian Kelly. Um, I know it's not football, but John Beeline famously, the university yeah. told him they had to scrap all of his entire staff and rebuild it. So it it happens. It can be done, and I – I think we have seen in the past indications that Mel Tucker can make those types of decisions and can do those types of evaluations, but we'll see this year. I I think that it's also worth remembering. I don't mean to belabor this, this question too long, but let's remember when Mel Tucker was hired. Mm -hmm. Mel Tucker was a late head coach hire by a lot, Mm -hmm. which means the time to build out a staff is you're already dealing with the carousels already closed. I would point out, though, that he's had chances to change it since Well, then. he... One year was COVID, so you may look at that season and be like, I don't know, I inherited this roster, it's late. Like, it, there's a lot of reasons where you may be saying, I don't know, I just don't know, there's not... <laughs> and... We're going to find I, out. We're going to find yeah. out. Um, we're going to go to the key ski as well. And I'm just going to do these in order for you. Plum, uh, key ski asks, uh, why, what are you drinking? Will Thorne be QB next year? What will you drink on Russell's firing day? Uh, um, what will you drink if he survives? <laughs> Ooh, the, the two last questions would win a power rankings competition, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what? So Plum, let's focus in on that. What do you win? What do you drink when Russell's is fired? What do you drink? If it's he's not fired, uh, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be. Well, let's see. It'll fire. Okay, so Scotch, Scotch Oban, fourteen years when he is fired, and it's got to be the bamboo. Uh, it's got to be the bamboo oh, XO no. if he survives because nothing can get me pissier. 
then a little dark rum. I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, vodka tonics and drink and listen to house music uh, if Ross Ells is not fired. You'll Very just good. see me dancing alone in my house. Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, next up from uh, Jean Ivabi, kind of asking the same question that we were before. Um, Jonesy, uh, over under on coaching changes, two point five. Uh, all right, Boomstick gone, Russell's gone. Uh, over. It's over. Yeah, I agree. It's over. Uh, all right, uh, Plum, first time questioner, Sang asks, not pl- uh, yeah, Plum. Uh, will we ever get non canned answers to questions from Tucker? This is an actual very, very, very good question. I thank you, Sang, 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 for your question. Holy shit. Why haven't we been getting this every week? We have to. We have to. I, I have to think. I mean, he's a really polished guy. Actually, maybe we won't. I am in it. I'm going to change my answer. Mondays are better with Mel. Mondays are better. Well, maybe they are getting better. Maybe he's still weaking into it. I'm going to just, we didn't talk about this yet on the podcast. Washington Post had a fantastic uh, deep dive uh, bio into Mel Tucker and into his rise as a black man in the coaching um, NCAA and NFL uh, kind of coaching ranks. Sorry, quick timeout. I want to let you continue, but like, let's shout out for a second, getting that from WAPO. Yeah. Like how, as a press strategy, how right. brilliant is that? Smart. Well done. Again, Alan Haller and his team. That guy Mel. is, well, Mel, but fine. But just, they're like chess operators. Fucking 14 anyway, years sorry. ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, that's the, I, I, my, I, the, and if you haven't read it, go read it. It was not behind a paywall. At least it wasn't for me. You get like five or so free reads a month. I guess I hadn't read mine yet. Um, and, 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 and you see very clearly how Mel recognizes the response that maybe it's self-imposed to an extent. I think it's also culturally externally imposed, but he certainly owns the internally imposed side of it in the article around what it means to be a black man at this position and this responsibility. And so he doesn't get to have off the cuff moments. He doesn't get to have unpolished moments. He doesn't get to have sort of the folksy non canned, you know, Tom, Gets to go up there and be folksy Tom Izzo because, you know, ha, 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 he's Tom and he's he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. He gets, and Mel's sort of like, I, I, I whether or not he's earned that, I, I think Mel would hold himself to a standard that says he doesn't get that. So you're, what you're going to get out of Mel is a very polished, very probably to an extent what appears to us as canned. I think that's the reason. And I mean, maybe I'm, you know, I, I'm reading, I read that article and now I'm giving you this answer. So maybe those two. I certainly don't think I would have given you this answer if it hadn't been, but I would that hope tension there is a real the tension hair, there. Yep. The, the, for the, for the assistant coach. Yep. That, like, I mean, that was, yep. That got me like, yep. I, you know, that was, yep. That was, inc- a, it was incredible, incredible story. It's a great story. Don't, go read that. And so I think the answer is I, to your point, Jones, it will get better, but no, I don't think we're never good. I don't think we'll ever get really non canned kind of Tom Izzo level folksy. That's probably never going to happen. Not the guy. All right. CT and TC, thank you. Thank you for playing along. He's jumping ahead. This one's actually for you. I'm going to read this for you. Um, <laughs> would we be well served to start no one up top against Iran? Striker seems to be non-existent two games in. Um, I Pulisic is going to have his day. I think Iran is going to be his day. And uh, you have to start. I mean, that's, I get the frustration. Uh I get the frustration. Jonesy, right. next up from CT. Hot receipt next year, Mel Tucker or Ryan Day? Ooh, it's Ryan Day. 
It is yeah. for sure. Weirdly, Ryan Day. strangely, I weird like Mel Tucker. I think Mel Tucker gets two more years. Truly, unless something goes completely. Hate. Ryan Day doesn't beat Michigan next year. That's Ryan Day. Uh, Greg, best track on Midnight's. Well, CT, I'm more of a Midnight's 3 a.m. edition type of guy. So oh. I'm going to go woulda, coulda, shoulda on this one. But that's kind of also sort of like a normie take. So uh, there's another. Well, you song. said normie takes only now. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to stick with my normie take. So woulda, coulda, shoulda, 3 a.m. edition. Thanks, <laughs> CT. Uh, next up from D4 Spartan uh, is Hope Real? No. Uh, next up from D4 Spartan, will we see D'Antoni 2.0 and no staff changes? No. No. Next up from D4 Spartan, what is the best offseason we can have? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember after the COVID year, the team really focused on uh, the weight room and getting stronger and faster. And I, I wonder if, I hope maybe that attention to detail comes through this year. Uh, and usually we don't allow fourth questions, but bonus question from D4 Spartan. Can you tell me why it ain't nothing but a heartbreak? It ain't nothing but a mistake. No. <laughs> tell me why. I never <laughs> want to hear Tucker say execution is to blame. That was I think Tucker needs to get better at, at uh, labeling what he means by execution. Uh, I think he said it once in a press conference, but it's shorthand. Um, yes. Uh, next up from ZJ, what's the no, goal? No, this for is MSU? for you. This is for you, Kevin Greg. From ZJ, what's the goal for MSU football next year? Give give him or her both a stretch and a realistic. It's got to be six six seven five stretches eight four nine three, right? It's got to be that. You just gave four different answers, which are all one of those four is probably going to happen. So. See, genius. Uh, next up from ZJ, uh, who the hell will be offensive coordinator? <laughs> uh, Normie takes only, Plum. Normie takes only. Uh, it's going to be Ross Ells. They're just going to shuffle the deck chairs. <laughs> Ross Ells doing offense because they thought you can't get any worse. And Ross Ells is going to say, hold my beer. Uh, Ross, Ross Ells does let individual players shine. So maybe. Maybe this is maybe. the time. Um. Who? Okay. Uh, next up, Bleeding Green ninety eight. Would you actually, real quick, would you guys like if MSU hired an offensive coordinator that we hadn't heard of? Like, you know, the NFL is hiring a bunch of yeah. people that like are super young and like just don't have a ton of experience. But are would you be cool with that? Uh, I don't know if it's got a great track record in college sports, but I'd be fine with it. Uh, no, I don't think I would be. I think at that level, no. I I think that, and this is part of goes back to that the piece that that in the Wapo. I mean, Tucker is going out and finding guys, Wayne State, down in the you know nether regions of Louisiana, and bringing them up and giving them a shot. Like that's what I want to keep seeing. But I, there is something to be said for a little bit of credibility, a little bit of uh, resume. I don't need I don't need anything crazy, but I, you got to have something. So brand new and those roles, no, not for me. Uh, Jeff Thorne brings in Jeff Thorne benches his son. I was yes, going to say, no. I was going to say if he brings in Thorne from, from Lance Dante Moore, Dante Moore comes in and starts <laughs> Jeff Thorne's the offensive coordinator. Awkward. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, uh, Greg, uh, is it, this is in reference that I said the season was a wrap. Is it really a wrap though? 
will these guys get invited to bowl, but just by being good at academics, if we get invited, do we say no due to all the injuries and take the extra practice? Uh, this has been decided, so I'm not going to give this one to you. Uh, it, we're not going to a bowl. It's been decided. Yep. Uh, but Jerry Bear asks, Kevin, is 11-4 and 1 good? Jerry, we talked hockey today, man. What do you want? We, t- we talked I, loads of hockey. We gotta, I can't we, respect a sport that has ties. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so you think on that, Jerry Bear, that's a question for you, really, uh, in the decisions that you make. Next up. From Tyrone Couch, will you join me for the five and seven bowl? I think Plum and I could get some banjos and perform our own rendition of the MSU fight song. I'll even grow out a horn stash like I did for the Hall and Oats concert I took my wife to. Oh, and profanity about horse. <laughs> only in that circumstance will I accept a five and seven bowl. And only if it's the fuck ass bowl in Clio, Michigan. Michael Jones. <laughs> Number two from Tyrone Couch. I had 11 days off school for Thanksgiving. The stupid PK, however old he is, has sodomized my sleep schedule. <laughs> How does Greg suggest I get back on track for Monday? But no. Jones, no, this is Jones's answer. Jones, what would you say Greg would suggest? Uh, well, um, eat a couple of rice cakes uh, and go to bed early. And then just dream sweet dreams of knowing that your electrical bill is lower because you went to bed early so the lights are off. Yes. That's, that's, that's good. And, and also the gas bill is lower because if you turn it down to like 45 or something. Yes, and sleeping at 45. If, if you splurge, you heat up the milk with the gas stove, but Ooh. only if you're splurging. Yeah, uh, that's, a spe- that's for special occasions only. <laughs> How how did you get Zill to co-sign on this lifestyle? She just, didn't know in advance, and now she's stuck forever. Catholic, man. You got to marry Catholic. That's essential. Uh, Greg, please read this last question. No, thank you. I haven't read it, but I have a feeling as I read forward that going to read it. I do want to just po- point out, though, that Tyrone, congratulations on having a master's from Middle Tennessee State University, which apparently has at the Murfreesboro Municipal Airport an entire Mike Jones aircraft hangar. Well done, them, and well done, you. <laughs> Thank you. Next up, JD underscore Jerkorbor. That's how you say it, right? No, this is a different person. Different? Yeah, we already did Jerry Bear. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, JD, JD asks, yeah. what, Jonesy, why was this the dumbest year of college football? Uh, because it's less clear that Michigan's going to get stomped. And that it should be clearer yeah. that they're going to be stomped. Throat stomped. Preferably. Oh, Nate C is going to send one around the horn. Can All right. Three reasons. Rec- this is for you. Give him three reasons we aren't seeing John L. Smith versus 2.0. All right. So we're going to go back to some of the old classics. One, Tucker is very clearly process-oriented. Two, um, Tucker is you know very you, clearly you, process-oriented. Three, Tucker's very sorry. clearly process If you put in John L. Smith where I live, the first hit is John L. Smith used cars. It's probably the same. It's probably well, the same. Did John L. Smith ever have an 11 win season? No. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Uh, You know, I I said earlier, Nate C., that one of the things I liked about D'Antonio so much was that he was able to win the games that he was supposed to 
and he grabbed a couple. Mel Tucker's already shown us that he can grab a couple. John L., with the exception of that 2005 Wisconsin game, never really showed us that he was capable of that. So um, I'm going to take Mel over John L. every single time. Next up from Nate C., is there any, is there some sort? Sorry, real quick. His last season coaching was at Kentucky State in 2018, and he was (laughs) 0-10. That sounds right. That sounds right. Coming in fifth. At 0-10? Pretty good. Oh, fifth, fifth in his division. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, is there some sort of universal effect that keeps MSU from being good at football? Like, is it just not meant to be? No matter what we do, how much we pay, who we hire, we're still trying to go against a universal construct that requires MSU to be mostly bad at football. Disagree, Nate C. We mm. had a good decade. Would you say a decade? I mean, that's sustained winning. No? Yeah. Yeah, and we've done it before. We've won natties. Yeah, like, Nate. But I understand I, the fatalism. I hear you, Nate. But this is just a little too much. Just a just a hair. Yeah, just a hair too much. Um, and then okay. Uh, and if did we ever decide there must be a construct that precludes us from being good at football? Could Spartans ever be fulfilled living like the Dukies, the North Carolinas, the Kentuckys, the Kansases of the world? Keith Ski is being triggered by these. Yeah, these Uh, all these these you got your you got your Dukies, you got your Carolinas, you got your Kentuckys. Uh, I assume. That if you're just bad at football, at some point in time, you you come to accept that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thomas Zambiasi's next. Plum, is the thin helmet stripe the new default? No. It's. I agree. Yeah. It's dumb. I prefer the taper as well. I'm on yeah. board. Wreck, uh, this one feels like it's for you. Uh, which hyper-regional convenience store slash donut purveyor is better, QD or Wesco? Is Wesco a... Uh, uh, Indiana thing? I have no idea. I've never Westcoed in my entire life, and this might be too revealing of who I am and where I live, but we just lost our QD. They decided not to redo, renew a lease, uh, and I, they're dead to me, so I'm going to take Wesco 100 out of 100 times. I had to uh, drive to Muskegon, and I had to leave at like 5 a.m. from my house mm-hmm. to get to this thing on time, and I stomped at a QD in Lansing to get a nutty donut, and when I tell you that it transformed both my day and my week, you will have to know that the answer to this is QD. Though, I am mourning with you. Thank you. Wesco is in the Muskegon area, and there's 52 locations. Oh, look at that. Well, I didn't stop at Wesco. Didn't know they had nutties. Dear Wesco, do you have nutties? <laughs> if Tell you do, you can, we'll let you sponsor our podcast. Yes, we need... We need a nutty sponsor. Give me a nutty, Wesco. Give me a nutty. All right, Michael Jones, what's more brutal? Staying up to watch late tip-offs or recovering from the post-Thanksgiving meal accidental jeans nap? (laughs) (laughs) Accidental jeans. I love accidental jeans nap. Uh, Thomas does add he's decided that the offensive play calling this year is a valid answer for number three, too. It is certainly the offensive play calling, but uh, those late tip-offs were brutal um i did not care for that all right no, dad bad 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 very okay. bad 
All y'all you heads. I am indeed a dad. Dan Hellpepper, up next for Kevin Greck. Am I crazy to be at about 30 to 35% of the mad online level of most MSU fans after this football season because the lack of normal recruiting cycles hasn't let us see Tuck run things the way he intends to? That said, am I crazy for noticing Chris Creighton went eight and four at EMU? I was really surprised Chris Creighton didn't get a bigger look when we were hiring Mel Tucker. Because if uh. you can take EMU to bowl games and he has, bro, you were a football coach. That That is my perspective on things. I'm Let's not saying, hire Chris Creighton. At any position, can he do both offense and defense? I'm not How saying, much is he being paid? We can pay him more as a coordinator. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying we need to take him. I'm just saying... <laughs> That was, it was alarming to me. Um, I'm with you, Dan. I'm also not though. Um, I think Mel's had a little bit more time than this COVID stuff allows him. I know Graham disagrees. We covered that last week. I disagree. Jonesy just, uh, just shook his head. No, but he's made a lot of moves in the transfer portal. He's transformed this team in his own image. I think he's further along and maybe we should dial that up from 30 to 35% mad to maybe 45, 55% mad. 50 to 60. <laughs> yeah. 90,000. Uh, next up from Dan Hellpepper, uh, playing the Portland pilots reminded me of a, one of those songs from early in the pirates of Penzance, Penzance. Gilbert and Sullivan musical. Yeah, Come on. Come on, everyone. Why did why didn't I know that? <laughs> and B, that actor Jason Lee named his kid Pilot. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you had to name a child for a Division I basketball team, what are you going with? <laughs> uh what the, uh, St. Louis, the Billikens, maybe? Billiken Grek? Billiken Grek? I think so, I would name mine Purdue Pete Plum. <laughs> no. Just damning your kid to hell straight sure. off the. Also, just, my dad's name is Pete, so there's it's just kind of a double double meaning there. That your kid plays with one of those uh, broken nose masks, but just doesn't have a broken nose. <laughs> yeah. Just does it for the. Is there? Because it's also because it feels good. Mask. Uh, truly uh, awful. Next up. Next. From the, the, oh, go ahead, Chelsea. Oh, oh. Mama Uh Disappointed is the painful. Exp- Jesus Christ. <laughs> Repent. Oh my God. Repent. Is that what you said? Repent. I'll read it. Dis- Disappointment is the painful experience of being let down when your expectations don't play out the way you hoped. Webster defines. One of the difficulties in communicating our expectations is we speak with words, but we think in pictures. What are you what? picturing right now for next season, Michael? Not having your Twitter questions. <laughs> oh, that's mean. That's I mean, know. Michael. What are you picturing? Oh, flea flickers on flea flickers. Yes, with Jay good. Johnson there. I want. I want field goals. I'm picturing every field goal is made. That's what I'm picturing. 100% field goals. Kevin, uh, what are you picturing in my mom beliefs? scenario i don't know i'm moving on to this next question i'm both asking it and answering it uh mama belief it appears that the guards are carrying the basketball team is that a true statement uh no appears (laughs) picturing mama belief i think you might have covid i think you might have missed your sense of smell because there's a wet hay stank all over portland right now (laughs) 
So take a test, Mamopoleaf. I don't know what you've been up to for Thanksgiving. Uh, And finally from Mamopoleaf, moving on to a more festive season, what will you add to your eggnog? Brandy, vodka, amaretto, or other libation? Both you guys are going to have good answers to this. What do you guys do with eggnog? Rye. 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 Okay. I'm on the brandy train, but I might try some fireball or no eggnog because <laughs> eggnog is great. The word nog is just any any nog anything. Eggnog, plum you nog. Being <laughs> with that look being into eggnog is is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, is that it? Is that it? Okay. No, no, no. What what do you think it is? Go, yeah, go for yeah, go ahead. It. Give us an answer. Yeah, what do you think it is? Yeah, what do you think I just said to him? Because Plum didn't take it as anything. What did you take it as? Because I, just, I, I think this speaks a little bit to what you feel about Plum. Yeah, you tell I think me. we're projecting now. Um, I'm, just, I'm a little uncomfortable with, uh, with the podcast. I might remove myself from it. Uh, that might be the right course of action right now. Or I'll take the next question from John Hubbard. <laughs> Last season's success was an aberration due to Kenneth Walker. Period. Nog. When will... It be no. time to turn on him and lay the blame for this season's frustrations on him? Question mark. It's his fault after all, right? Surely we can't be the ones who are in the wrong. <laughs> John Hubbard wins this week's Twitter questions. Well done. Did you guys see that clip I, I sent you of uh, Kenneth yes. Walker? Yes. 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 Uh, dude is good <sighs> at football. He is very good at football. Wake Forest should be ashamed of themselves. Shameful, for, shameful ACC program. For everything that we've criticized our coaches for, that they let that happen is unforgivable. Uh, next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants, Michael Jones. Can we refer to Tucker as Professor Clo? I don't understand. This I story. believe it's, can we refer to Tucker as Professor Clown Ass until he gets MSU football tonight, oh. wins or more? A, that's a, that's correct. False indent there. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just did I, last year, so so a second time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. that was that was not spirited. Uh, did uh, crack crack? <laughs> did that color commentator make sea lion noises, or was I having flashbacks? The answer is both, Mister Neurotic Pants. <laughs> Bill Walton does these types of things and the two of you are having flashbacks together and he would be overjoyed at the nature of this question. (laughs) I want to remind you way back when, before we were joined by uh, sane man Alex Plum, that that I was on record as saying that Bill Walton was ass, ass water, um, and you pushed back and wouldn't let me tweet about it. I, I just think it's just such a, a milquetoast take, but I will agree that I was starting to get a little bit frustrated. Oh, there it is. I already said that earlier in the game, but I did enjoy my time having Bill Walton. I, like I said at the time, uh, my, my position remains consistent. I don't want him doing every game, but I'm happy to have him a couple times a year. You know what I would have loved is, remember when we had to watch Robbie Hummel watch another game? I do remember that. Do you, and there was nothing it, happening in that other game at the time. Would it not have been better to have had Bill Walton watching another game that had nothing going on? That is the only time that Bill Walton was appropriate. All right. And finally, for Mr. Neurotic Pants, can MSU make it past round two, even with one substantial injury this year? The roster is small enough to fit into an official business MSU van. That's right. It depends on the injury. 
certain injuries can be sustained as we saw in the PK 85 other injuries cannot, uh, this is particularly in the front court. We're in trouble. Uh, and then finally from the one, the only upper deck jet guy, simply Madi at PKI. I like Madi's game. I like Madi's game. Madi's good. I like Madi's game. Uh, next from the upper deck jerk guy, uh, Trussell back as DC question mark. Is Trussell going to be the head coach of Cincy? Is he going to get two interviews for a job that he won't get? Oh my God. Please say yes. That'd be brutal. That that's just rough for Mike. That would be yeah. brutal. At least he was he was technically the head coach of Michigan State University for a period, right? After D'Antonio stepped down? For a minute. Yeah. Uh during uh, no games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah, there was no game time. Uh next up from and last up from the Updeck Jerk guy, what are the best realistic options for offensive coordinator? Do we know any? I don't know. Take some fired coach. Take some <laughs> The position coach take some I don't I don't know I'll predict jerk guy come on you've been listening to this podcast long enough we're not gonna just come up with some names here yeah it's not who we are yeah do better <laughs> uh expect less <laughs> expect less guys uh, it, that's a wrap on the season um it's been fun I'm excited to pivot to basketball though let's um, go it's time so it's, it's time. time it's time it to pivot time. Pivot step even. Uh, we will revisit football in a couple weeks, and then we have signing day in less than a month. So we'll see where this class shakes out, and I think that'll tell us a lot about Mel Tucker and where we're at on the Mel Tucker experience. So um, until then, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white. See, if feels, you go second. It, it feels worse. Second, it does feel worse. Yeah. Damn you, you fucking guy. Uh, see, it just took me... A hundred attempts to, yeah. to get it. You figured it out. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.